Welcome back to Yeah, that can't be good. A rewatch podcast of the sci-fi original series Eureka. Let's get going. Hi, this is Vicky, time traveling in from the future with a little note. After editing this episode and the next episode, we came to the conclusion that we may be giving season four an undeserved bad rap. My problem is when I think of season four, the first thing I think of are the changes, and I don't think of the rest of the season. We don't want anybody to think that the rest of the season is bad. It's actually a very good season. It's excellent. We wouldn't have continued to watch it if it wasn't. So just take what we say in the next two episodes in stride because we just don't like change. We get over it and the rest of the season is great. So thanks for listening. So we'll see you back in the past. Bye. Hey, it's Doug with the TV Guide Synopsis. Season 4, Episode 1, Founders Day. As the town is poised to celebrate its 60th anniversary, Zane stuns Deputy Lupo with a marriage proposal and Sheriff Carter jogs into a surprise meeting with Dr. Trevor Grant, James Callis, in the fourth season premiere. Originally aired July 9, 2010, creators Andrew Cosby and Jamie Paglia, written by Jamie Paglia, and directed by Matthew Hastings. Thanks, Doug. I don't have you here. It's not just the distance, is it? I just don't know if I can do it anymore. Hi, this is Vicki, and welcome to Season 4. I'm here with my co-host, Doug Gramley. Hey. For Season 4, Episode 1, Founders Day. And before we get into the episode, I just want to mention for any first-time watchers, so you're not going back to Season 3 and looking for a scene that you think you might have missed. You see in the previously on Carter breaking up with Tess. It never actually appeared anywhere in the show. The first time I saw it, I was like, how did I miss that? And I kept going back looking for it. I did the same thing. I guess the writers wanted to show that Carter and Tess broke up, but they didn't want to have to squeeze it into an episode. So they decided to mess us all up by putting it on the previously on and have us all searching for how did we miss that. So that never actually shows up in an episode. They just needed to show us that Carter and Tess broke up before this episode started. So we're season four. And again, I'm going to say for any first-time watchers, You might actually hate the first couple episodes of season four, but stick with it. I kind of remember when you hit season four, you didn't want to watch it anymore. Yeah, I'm always, uh, you know, I don't like, I don't like change, like big change. Yeah. In series, just for the sake of change, I think. You know, I feel like with a a show like this, there could be so many different stories that come up that something like this isn't needed. That's what I think, too. I don't think all this was necessary either. I think you just get into stride now. You know, you start to see, like, relationships form. You start to see certain things happen. And now to throw, like, this monkey wrench in, you know, and and now it's, I guess there's the hope that things will will find their way back. But I'm the same way. I don't like change. And after the fact, like, just recently, because I really didn't look it up while it was going on, but there's a lot of people who think this is, like, the best season of the show. And it's good. I'm not saying it's not good, but I guess I'm surprised at how many people thought it it needed a change, which I didn't think it did. Yeah. It was just surprising to me. It's Founders Day in Eureka. Apparently, it's the 60th anniversary of, I guess, the day it became a town instead of a camp. Sure. As we see in the previously on, Carter and Tess broke up. And as we remember, Zoe is off at school. So Jack is alone in the house now with Sarah. 
so he's out jogging. He runs into Henry, who's trying to fix an old car for the Founders Day festivities. And this woman, Grace Monroe, rides up and offers to help with the repairs. Now, it's quite obvious that Henry, if he knows her at all, barely knows her. He introduced her to Jack. The name wasn't even, like, on the tip of his tongue. He couldn't even think of what her name was. So I don't think they, they know each other very well. No, not at all. Well, and, what's weird is that this is the first Founders Day Jack's been part of. How long has he been in the town? I know, and that's not clear at all, because usually when they come up with one of these holidays or celebrations or festivities, we always say, how long has he been there? Yeah. But this time, he doesn't seem to not know what it is. He just seems to not want anything to do with it. He, he looks at it and says, oh, it's Founders Day. So it's not clear if he's never seen a Founders Day before. Yeah. In the other times, like with the dog show and I forget what else, the science fair, we always say, how long has he been there? Right. Because he never seems to have heard of this. This just seems like he's just not into it at all. Yeah, I guess they could maybe write in, you know, something that goes back to a previous Founders Day that would say that he was a part of it. Oh, yeah. I don't want another incident like last year. You know, that would give you enough to, to know that he's been a part of these things before. Right. The other things, you know, like the dog show and the science fair, they made it clear that he knew nothing about it. This wasn't all that clear. It seemed like he knew about it, but he just wasn't feeling it. It was just yeah. like, ugh. They didn't make it clear at all. And you have to imagine something happened at the last Founders Day because something always does. Yeah. So, yeah, that would have been a good idea to bring that in so we know that he's been there before. Right. Like we said, he runs into Henry. He meets Grace Monroe. Then Jack started talking to Henry about Tess before Grace rides up and never gets to finish that conversation because Allison calls. She calls just because she needs help with policing or managing, controlling the festivities, which I imagine he would have had to do anyway. And she already knows about Tess. Right. <laughs> because she called and Sarah told her all about it. So Allison is with Kevin and Jenna. Now, we probably even forgot there was a Kevin at this point because we haven't seen or heard about him since, I can't even remember, the last yeah, time. Yeah, uh, he got big. Kind Almost of, too big, I think. Does he I seem never, like to have aged a little bit too much? I think so, but I never know how long this time frame is supposed to be. Yeah, like, they don't really do like a good time. time no. Time. So I don't know, but we haven't seen him since the second season, maybe? It's almost like we kind of forgot she even had a kid. Yeah. And he's tinkering with some old time machine that's out on the street. Fargo shows up dressed as Einstein. He asks Allison and Carter to put something on that's Just more... hard a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As they walk away, Jack shakes his head kind of to himself and says, same Eureka, different day. And then Kevin responds with, the day's not over yet. As he's tinkering with this machine that we don't know what it is. Same Eureka, different day. Day's not over yet. Then we go to the sheriff's office and Zane's in the cell as a call back to like the first episode. Um, and he gives her a box of lingerie, also a call back to the first episode. And he yeah. proposes to her. And Joe, being Joe, freezes and doesn't yeah, answer him. Situation that you want to be in, Zane. You don't want, you know, you want to be sure that uh, that she's going to say yes. Right, and I think he probably was in his mind. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure why she. I don't know. Their relationship doesn't make any sense to me. This specifically doesn't make any sense to me because she's always so needy with him. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense why she would freeze, but she did. So Carter interrupts, and he sees him on his knees, and he actually thinks this is good news, but apparently it isn't because, as we said, she froze, and yeah. Zane just leaves angry. I don't blame him. 
Well, I don't either, because, like I said, she's just so needy with him all the time. Why would he ever think that she wouldn't want to marry? I don't know. Anyway, Carter tries to finish his run, and he gets a phone call, but the phone dies. And you could see the scenery changing behind him. Yep. He gets that yellow, brownish tint. The trees kind of shift, and uh, you, you can tell something not good happened. Right. He sees what he thinks is Henry's car coming down, and he flags it down. But it's not Henry. It's Trevor Grant. Carter asks him for a ride back to town because he has to deal with the tree shrinkage. <laughs> yeah. Because, of course, being Eureka, he doesn't think all that much of the trees changing, except that somebody did something and they're shrinking. Right. He gets in the car and Grant is listening to, is it Jackie Robinson? Yes, his first game. His first game, okay. We don't know yet, but Grant is listening to it in real time. Carter's thinking it's, you know, some prop for Founder's Day. Right, he's very impressed thinking this guy is very into this whole thing. Yeah, he even has an old radio show, I mean an old baseball game playing on his right. prop car. And he tells him how the game ends. And, you know, Grant doesn't know what to make of him. But he takes him to Camp Eureka. Not the town Eureka. Camp Eureka. And he's hit on the head and taken as a prisoner as a spy. Yeah. They take him to the infirmary and he finds Allison, who's there dressed as a nurse. And he keeps thinking he's having some, some dream. He thinks that it's, it's a dream and he's checking her out or something. And he says something like this feels right or, or this is familiar this is familiar yeah yeah that's what it was like he's had this dream numerous he's times had this dream before yes yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> she tells him to stop messing around and snaps him into reality and uh gets him out of the handcuffs outside grant is talking to that i forgot to go back and get the name of this army guy because i'm calling him army guys because i never got his name but he's kind of like a general mansfield type yeah i can't remember his name I'll see if I can find it real quick. He's like a shoot now, ask questions later type through the whole episode. Yeah. And I don't remember what his name was. But Grant is outside talking to the army guy, and he overhears the end of the baseball game, which ends exactly the way Carter said it would. Right. So now he's starting to wonder what's going on. Then Grant and the army guy discover Carter's gone. Carter and Allison are trying to figure out what happened to them and how they can get back. But Allison does tell him they need to keep a low profile because they don't want to change history. So no sooner does Allison say that than Joe comes blowing down the middle of the camp on a motorcycle. Right, as only she could do. With jeeps in pursuit. Joe crashes, a jeep flips, and Allison has to save one of the soldiers. Spoiler. And I know we talked about this the other day, who the soldier is, but they don't actually say it in this episode. Right. So the Jeep flips, and Allison has to save the soldier. She uses CPR, which apparently wasn't a thing in 1947. Then she uses cables from the Jeep to jumpstart his heart. So now Trevor is obviously even more suspicious about what's going on here. Plus, he has a thing for Allison. Yeah. Joe gets thrown in jail, where she encounters a naked Fargo. Now, I know the scene is supposed to be from something, but I don't know what it is. Terminator. Is that Terminator? Yeah. I kind of thought so because of the accent when he asked for clothes, but I don't think I ever saw Terminator. Oh, yeah. He kind of comes up and demands clothes. I mean, obviously, it, she calls him out on his right. accent, but then they don't actually explain how he got there with no clothes on. Oh, they do. He says he was changing his costume. Oh, is that what they... Okay. When his phone part. rang. Yeah. Joe tells him that she was on the phone trying to reach Zane, and she tells him about the proposal and how she froze. So Fargo is the one who figures out they're in 1947, based on the pictures at Founder's Day and everything. Carter finds Henry pretending to be a mechanic. Yep. And Henry just seems so excited to be there. 
Yeah, he fits in nicely. Yeah, he's just so excited about the prospect of seeing Eureka from the beginning. And did I say he's pretending to be a mechanic? Yeah, he's pretending to be a mechanic. And he makes a comment that no one would think twice about seeing a black man working on, on a car. Right. He did say Eureka was always very diverse, but still, no one would think twice about seeing a mechanic. But he says he also received a phone call. So they kind of determined that the phone call sort of... Phone, yeah. Okay, so Henry says that whatever caused this has to put out a tremendous amount of negative energy. Jack remembers Tess mentioning solar flares. Tess mentioned solar flares in 2010, like there's more or they're stronger yeah. or something. Apparently, there's just a pattern of how strong they are, and the last time they were that strong was 1947? Yes. Okay. But Henry says the solar flares make sense, but they need a satellite, which hasn't been invented yet. But of course, they invented a satellite years before the world knew they invented a satellite. So there's a satellite sitting there right in front of them. Yeah, they needed a big satellite, and there's a giant one right, right there. The camp. Yeah. So the solar flares in the satellite might somehow be the cause. And that's all very confusing. But Grant asks Allison to patch up the female prisoner. And then Henry and Carter go to Einstein's lab. Carter sees the machine that Kevin was playing with on Main Street. Yeah, which looks like a very fancy espresso machine. That's what it looks like, yeah. But it's the Einstein-Grant bridge machine. Yeah. So Dr. Grant catches them, and Henry recognizes Dr. Grant's name. Apparently he's famous in our Eureka. And he explains that Kevin must have created a connection between 2010 and 1947 on the bridge device. And that they only have one chance to make the connection again when the satellite eclipses at 11 p.m. I don't know if that means either, but we're going with it. Yeah, (laughs) I trust them. Yeah, the army guy found another phone and clothes. Grant tries to talk him down because Grant is now thinking that they're not spies, obviously. Yeah, he's, he's starting to believe. Yeah, he believes their story and he doesn't want them thrown in jail. But this army guy, who I still don't know the name of, is just like General Mansfield. Mansfield. I was almost wondering if his name was Mansfield, if he was some uh, a long-lost relative or something. Yeah. Because he listens to nothing. So Allison goes to the jail to treat Joe's injuries, and she gives her magnesium powder to melt the lock while she distracts the guard. Her and Fargo try to melt the lock, and they say this is going to take forever. They have to pour water on it to make the flame bigger or make the flame stronger. Of course, they're in a jail cell. They don't have water, so Fargo volunteers to pee on the fire. That's it. This is going to take forever. Can't we blow on it or something? No. But if we spray it with water, the hydrogen and oxygen atoms will split and intensify the heat. No, we're in jail. Where are we supposed to get water from? Well, from us. Tell me you are not suggesting that I pee on the flame. Fine, I'll do it, but turn around. I can't go if you're watching. My hero. Which worked. Yeah. And Joe actually gives him credit for stepping up later on. They have all the phones, and Henry figures out a way to adapt the phones with radio transmister, transmister, transmisters. Transistors. Wait, is it transistors or yes. transmitters? I think it's transistors. All right, we'll go with that. I think that's what it is. Transistors. He was showing those glass tube things. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... I don't know. I'm going to go with transistors, though. Okay. So Henry tries to figure out a way to adapt the phones with radio transistors to create a network. So Carter mentions that, obviously, they have all the phones, and how do they get them to everybody else? 
just as he says that, the satellite goes down. So Carter has to climb it to adjust it to reconnect with the bridge device. Right. All the while he's climbing it, Allison is being questioned by the army guy. Yes, his name is Ryan. My Major Ryan. Oh, okay. That's easy. I don't know why I couldn't remember that. All right, so I'll try to remember to call him that now. Major Ryan. So, like I said, Allison's being questioned. She sees Carter going up the satellite, so I guess she doesn't give Major Ryan as much flack as she probably would have because she doesn't want him to see Carter. You know, she wants to keep him distracted. Yeah. Fargo and Joe get out and they show up in Einstein's lab, and Trevor goes with Carter to get Allison. And he warns Henry he has to turn the beacon on before 11 or they'll never get back. Grant and Carter switch jackets. It was Grant's idea to switch jackets because they thought Carter would be less recognizable in a different jacket. They've all seen him in a uniform. Grant and Carter go to get Allison. Grant goes in and Major Ryan wasn't willing to let Allison go. So Carter was in the room behind him and knocks him out. Grant tells them to go hide in the dance, and he wishes he was coming with them. Carter and Allison go to the dance, and this part, way back in the episode where Henry changes time to save Kim, way back, yeah, there was a part, and I think we talked about it maybe once, that Sarah's voice wasn't Sarah's voice, it was Kim's voice. They used Kim's voice as Sarah because the timeline was different. Okay. And... I think Skip was hosting that episode with me, and I was trying to explain to him without giving away spoilers that in this episode, the woman singing at the dance, she's singing that whatever old-time song. Yeah. That's actually Tess's voice doing the singing. Really? Yes. The girl is not Tess, obviously, but they used Tess's voice. She's singing the song. I think many years ago when this first came out, you know, before Netflix and I had the DVDs, I think that was on one of the commentaries. I haven't watched the commentaries in years, so I don't remember a lot, but I do remember that. So they do that. They did that with Kim's voice on the episode that she actually died. Yeah. They did that with Tess's voice on the episode where we think she's gone because Carter broke up with her. Well, she broke up with Carter. Well, she broke up with Carter, right. But I just thought that was weird because you didn't know that. I didn't know that. I would have never figured that out, so what was the point of doing it? Yeah, maybe they just needed somebody to sing. I don't know. Maybe the actress couldn't sing and they needed somebody to sing? That could be, but it just seems like... I mean, it just seems like a weird thing to hide. I don't think they were hiding it. No one would ever figure that out. I'm kind of thinking they thought people would actually figure it out, but I don't know that anybody would. Kim's voice was very distinctive as Sarah, but still I had to look it up to make sure it was her. But this, I don't know that people would figure that out. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird weird because you're waiting for something to happen. You can tell that something was going to happen with Carter and Allison and to expect people to figure out that the woman singing in the background was Tess. Right, and especially the choice of songs. It's about, it's kind of about leaving and they had just broken up, so the song was kind of appropriate for Tess to be singing. I don't know that anybody would know that unless they watched the commentary, so I don't know what the point was, but little fun fact anyway. (laughs) So Carter and Allison dance to hide in plain sight while they wait for Henry to turn on the beacon. Carter realizes he doesn't have his phone. It's in the coat he gave to Grant. Right. Allison won't leave him there. She says that she'd rather them both be stuck there together than be alone. So she insists that he holds her hand. She doesn't know this is going to work. And he kisses her just for luck. 
Yeah. So they disappear right before Major Ryan is ready to capture them. Jack ends up back on the road, and he finds Allison on Main Street. Henry, Joe, and Fargo show up, and they think nothing's changed except that Fargo notices the statue went from granite to bronze. So apparently somebody did something to change history. Yeah. They don't know what else has changed, so they all run in their separate directions to their houses or wherever they're going to go to find out what else has changed. Joe finds Zane in the cell, and she decides to accept his proposal, except that we find out this is Zane that was always in the cell, you know, before they tamed him. Right, the original Zane. Or even even more of a jerk than the original Zane. Yes, you were going to say more of a dick than the original Zane. <laughs> I was going to say something, yeah, something else, but... He's even worse than the original Zane. Yeah. And he laughs, and she realizes that he doesn't even remember that they were a couple. Henry finds that he's married to this Grace Monroe who he barely knows. Yeah. And we're not even sure that he really did know. He, like, you know, when he introduced her to Jack... Your name again? Like he forgot her name. It's quite possible he never knew who she was at all. You know how when you're you're trying to pretend that you remember somebody and you don't? Oh, yeah, I do that all the time. Your name is, like, I. Oh, it slipped my mind, but I never knew it. I have no idea who you are. Yeah, so we're not even sure he actually knew her before that morning. But he finds out he's married to her. Allison gets home to find Kevin speaking. Yes. And he apparently no longer has autism. We'll talk about that next episode. Jack comes home. He finds out that Zoe's still at Harvard and Sarah's there, and he thinks nothing's changed, and then Tess is there. Yep. They never broke up. And then we find out what changed their timeline. Trevor Grant walks in to Vincent's, and he's looking for Allison Blake. So apparently him showing up in this timeline takes him out of the 1947 timeline, so that changes everything. Yeah, so a lot of things that he discovered or was a part of never happened after that point so now everything is doesn't seem like major stuff in the town though i feel like there would have been more stuff in the town i don't know because now their history says he's not as a prominent figure in their history as he used to be obviously because he disappeared at some point and never finished so i have to imagine that some of his work was taken over by eisenhower and eisenhower just got the credit for it so i don't know if a lot of scientific things have changed because it's what did I say, Eisenhower? I was going to say, mean Einstein? I'm like, I don't think Eisenhower. Eisenhower. Him and Eisen... I was going to say Eisenhower again. I don't know why yeah, I have Eisenhower Einstein. on the brain. Him and Einstein seem to have worked together. So I yeah. don't think that scientifically too many things would have changed because Einstein probably knew or, you know, was in the middle of working on whatever Grant was working on. Yeah. But Grant is kind of erased from history. It just said he disappeared one day. And he's not as prominent as when they were back in 1947. And he said his name and Henry's like, the Trevor Grant. And Fargo's the Trevor Grant. Right. Coming into this timeline changed all that. And he's no longer the Trevor Grant. I don't really like this character. I mean, there's a lot of reasons not to like him. He comes and screws up the timeline. But... He never really well, grew on me. They did a great job of casting somebody who looks like he belongs in the 1940s. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Plays the part extremely well. Like, his, his, the look, his demeanor, the way he talked. Yeah, I mean, he was, like, plucked from that timeline, literally. He keeps calling Carter sport, and that just makes me laugh. Yeah. Yes, you're right. They, he, he is perfect for that part. It's not the actor that's not growing on me. It's just the character. I don't think he's meant to make people comfortable. You know, I think he's kind of like that that monkey wrench that just messes things up and then just never makes it feel like it's normal. Right. So that's pretty much the end of the episode. 
I don't know if we missed or skipped over anything you wanted to talk about. No, I think that uh, that hits it. I mean, there wasn't anything other than, you know, going back in time. There wasn't, like, any major disastrous things that, you know, Carter and Henry and, and others have to try and fix. But um, it's weird. I Spoiler alert, I told you I saw the Avengers movie on Friday, and then I watched this you know, not too long after that, and there's just a lot of time traveling going on. Yeah. Still, I anytime that there's time traveling in anything that I watch, mm-hmm. I always get so confused as to how it now works in the present, and I still can't figure it out. It is confusing. But it's, it's got to be kind of weird. It's it's almost like the five of them now have amnesia. Technically, everything that's happened since they were removed from 1947 happened to them. They just don't remember it because they weren't there. Okay, say that again. I'm just trying to so follow. Everything that's happened since they were removed from 1947 okay. happened to them. Okay. They just no, they don't remember it With because the... they weren't there. Right. But if you say that to somebody, if I were to tell you that, you know, I don't remember anything that's happened in the last 14 years of, of working together, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like you're not that person. Okay, I get it. That's why, you know, there's like the big thing where they can't tell anybody that this has happened. There's security reasons and, you know, for a bunch of other reasons why they, 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 they can't tell anybody that this is a very dangerous thing. So it's like a heavy weight to, to oh. a heavy burden to carry. Oh, absolutely. Plus the fact... They can't you know, tell anybody. Right. Plus the fact that they don't know how much of what they remember is different. Right. How do you find that out? Yeah, I mean, you almost have to assume that everything that's happened that you remember could possibly be different right and how do you find out you can't ask questions because you know that's suspicious right you know you just kind of have to go along and hope you don't make a mistake you know how does henry find out who this woman is that he's married to or even when they got married or and i think you'll see in like the the few episodes like i said i I started watching this and then i got sucked into watching and i made the mistake of watching you know five of them in a row right you start to see like how it starts to take its toll on people they can't just come out and say listen I wasn't here. I don't remember anything that happened. Right. And actually, you know, I wasn't present for it, but... Right. There's no break from that because day to day, something could happen that you have no idea happened or didn't happen that you remember. All day long, every day, it's got to be serious pressure. Yeah. Just not to make a mistake. So this will be interesting. All right. So we will be back next week. Um, For all you Doug Gramley fans, he will be back for another episode next week. Right. Um, Three in a row. So we will see you then. Bye. Bye. Okay, DC, tell us what's next. Come back next time for season four, episode two. A whole new world. Have a nice day. Bye. Bye. Please remember to follow us on our Facebook page. Yeah, that can't be good. At facebook.com backslash Eureka Rewatch or on Twitter at Eureka Rewatch. Links to information discussed during our podcasts will be added to our website at eurekarewatch.com. You can also listen to our podcast on Podbean. If you'd like to send us an email, please email us at eurekarewatch at gmail. We would love to hear from you. And we're now also available on Google Play.